Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Sim, brought to you by Anaxel. On this podcast, we interview innovators in the field of simulation to discuss new methodologies, the current and future state of the field, learning resources, and inspiring stories. Anaxel is dedicated to advancing the science of healthcare simulation, and this podcast is an extension of our passion for simulation. I'm your host, Jennifer Alderman. Associate Professor at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill School of Nursing and co-chair of the Anaxel Membership Committee. Let's get started. Okay, welcome everyone to Let's Talk Sim, Episode 3. Today we are delighted to have our guest, Dr. Cynthia Ferranda from the University of Miami School of Nursing. Dr. Ferranda is a professor and assistant dean, has a deep background in simulation, and is going to share her expertise with us today. She is also a past president of Anaxel. So thank you so much, Dr. Ferranda, for joining us today on the Let's Talk Sim podcast. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks for hosting this event. Thank you. So we are going to start with, basically, can you talk about the state of the science regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion in simulation? Again, thank you for inviting me here today. This is a topic of which I've been interested in even before I became a nurse. So it is really exciting to me that right now I sense a lot of momentum for progress In fact, I just finished serving as one of the guest editors for clinical simulation and nursing regarding their special issue about equity, diversity, and inclusion. And so I've just read up on this and, you know, I've been conducting research in this area for the past five years or so. And my impression is that equity, diversity, and inclusion in simulation is relatively a new science. First of all, there are not very many studies about it in terms of best practices. And the studies that do exist are generally very early stage. They're descriptive or feasibility type studies. So I see this as an opportunity for many researchers to create, build, and evaluate simulation scenarios that reflect the population's needs. So it's an exciting time really with this area in simulation. So I've seen your pre-briefing for cultural humility tool. Um, which is a a wonderful um, creation. And I wonder if you could talk about how that was developed. Okay, yeah, I'm excited about this too. This is literally hot off the press. Uh, My work in cultural humility really started with my doctoral dissertation back in 2006. (laughs) Uh, At that time, I was a nurse educator and our school took students abroad from the United States to Ecuador, South America. And we had an opportunity to immerse ourselves in the Quechua culture and the Amazon rainforest. I found it fascinating and truly a transformative experience. And that really kicked off my work in cultural humility. So we'll fast forward a bit. I ended up developing the theory of cultural humility and a tool or instrument to measure cultural humility And more recently, it occurred to me that we really don't have a method of debriefing that focuses on cultural humility. So I decided to develop one based off of the theory. And from there, after developing the method of debriefing for cultural humility, I recognized uh, that the pre-briefing piece was also especially important for these types of simulations. So I put together a team inclusive of my colleagues, Dr. Donna McDermott and Dr. Nicole Crenshaw, 
And we co-wrote an article from there. So pre-briefing for cultural humility follows the mnemonic of grasped, G-R-A-S-P-E-V. It's for simplicity's sake. The GR stands for setting ground rules. The A stands for acknowledge. Acknowledge that the simulation may address sensitive material and may evoke emotions. The SPE stands for safe psychological environment. So as facilitators, we attempt to create that safe psychological environment. And last is the define, D for define, which leaves a time to specifically define concepts related to cultural humility that underpin the simulation. So you might explore terms such as bias, or what is health equity, social determinants. What you define or explore is really dependent upon the learning objectives of the simulation. So we developed this new method of pre-briefing as well as debriefing, and we are very excited for others to try it. We still have not conducted formal research to test it, so I'm applying for some grants to try to do so, but we're really excited about it. The pre-briefing article, I believe, has been released from clinical simulation and nursing already. Yes, it has. I, that's how, that's, I found that article and, it, and it, it's absolutely wonderful and I love the acronym. It does keep it sim simple and you're able to follow that in the pre-brief piece. All right, so can you now talk about um, some critical next steps for DEI work in nursing education? Yes, we certainly have a lot of work to do in terms of DEI and nursing education. Um, just as we have the social determinants of health, we have social determinants of education. And we need to recognize that historically marginalized and underrepresented learners, they may be facing unique challenges. And I'd really like to see more flexibility in our policies. And that's almost like an oxymoron, right? Uh, flexible policies. But I believe this is the direction we need if we're going to promote equity within the educational pipeline to result in a diverse and representative healthcare workforce. Additionally, we, we need to create more safe and inclusive learning environments. And we can do this by conducting First, I would just recommend an environmental scan and just look around for obvious diversity elements in terms of the signage, um, you know, what signs are posted in the sim center around the university or the school, or the, it depends where it is, right? Simulation center. What are the color of the mannequins and body parts that are being used? Are they diverse? Are we uh, reflecting diversity in the standardized patients that we, we offer? And, you know, how can we co-create more diverse simulation scenarios? There's some work already that's been conducted about the importance of having a representative from the community be a part of the development of the simulation scenario itself. And I think sometimes that's overlooked. So co-creating diverse simulation scenarios and working to examine the simulation curriculum as a whole to make sure that diversity is is truly represented throughout. I believe we need to conduct research on best practices to improve learning outcomes in simulation with respect to fostering culturally humble nursing care. We need to work on recognizing and addressing the social determinants of, of health uh, for the patients we serve, both in clinical as well as the simulated setting. And I know in the US here, the National Institute of Nursing Research, the NINR, 
they just put out a new strategic plan and they emphasize the need to conduct research to improve health equity, identify effective approaches to improve health and develop new systems and models of care. So there are funding opportunities available to spearhead more research in these areas and simulation may be a great way to conduct those research studies. Gosh, this is a, what work do we have to do? It's a, it's a lot. So uh, I also believe we have work to do in terms of developing instruments mm -hmm. to evaluate and, and measure this type of work. Um, you know, how do you measure perspective transformation? How do you measure bias? How do you measure cultural humility? How do you quantify stereotypical behavior? Again, this, this is an opportunity for those who are listening. I see a need for change in terms of faculty development. And we should consider the, the types of training we're offering faculty or educators. You know, for example, do we have them watch a 10 minute video on diversity, equity, inclusion, and then consider, oh, they're checked off, they're trained, you know, they're, they're competent, we've got it in our records. Or do we change that approach a bit and offer immersive simulated opportunities to educators, you know, just like we do for students or learners, let's have faculty do um, simulations. Uh, I work at the University of Miami and we've had some trainings for faculty that involved a theater or theatrical approach uh -huh. where the faculty, yeah, the faculty were observing interview panels. The panels were simulated. And then we had an opportunity to observe the varying thoughts and perspectives as the panel decided who was the best candidate to hire for a position there. Uh, so it was kind of fun. We, we got to hear one individual's perspective, another's, another's. Um, and th this was really powerful. I, I do believe we need to advance our training practices for faculty and educators and, and do consider simulation as the pedagogy for this work. Now, of course, we can benefit from examination of our systems and systems level changes from you know, re-examining the mission, vision statements to examining processes and looking for ways to improve representation and retention of diverse learners as well as work on the pipeline, so to speak. So we need to nurture and support the generations upcoming and support them to become future leaders. Uh, to summarize, we, we have a lot of research and work to do in this area. I do consider it a new science. Mm -hmm. Once we generate a body of evidence, I think it would be fantastic if Anaxel considered developing a healthcare simulation standard of best practice related to equity, diversity, inclusivity, cultural humility, whatever, whatever the science tells them to do. By amending policy like this, we would be able to promote the dissemination and adoption of best practices in this area. So ultimately, we have a lot of work to do, but it's also very exciting to see this generation of a new science that I believe will be highly prominent in a few years time. Just give it a few years and we'll be reading a lot more about this. Yes. So you, you sparked some uh, thoughts in my head about all this wonderful work ahead of us. So if we have either of us at any or any school of nursing has PhD students, DNP students, well, there's a lot of work we could do um, as far as you know, co-creating. I like that word that you said, co-creating this work. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing that I, I love the um, simulation with the interview panels for mm -hmm. faculty. 
because I know it, in my experience with being on interviews with whatever position you're trying to fill, it's almost like, um, you know, there's limited training to be on those committees. And it's just kind of like you come together quickly as a committee. And so I don't think sometimes that we do our due diligence and how those interviews should you know, take place. So I love the idea of the interview panels for faculty um, to make sure that we're conducting those interviews in a fair and equitable way and hiring the right person, right, with the right skill set and fit for the job. So that's wonderful. And also love what you said about examining the system level issues. Um, and even from Anaxel's point of view, from the new healthcare standards, simulation standards, this topic, you know, cultural humility, DEI, you know, intertwined to me with thread through all of the standards for sure. So I like what you said about that as far as considering that as a component or a, you know, or a standalone standard at some point after more research is done. So that's, those are just excellent, excellent points. So as far as you know, instrument working on uh, instrument development or if we're testing out some of your work, um, I believe we have your contact information in the show notes. So maybe folks could reach out if they wanted to have a quick conversation or let you know what they're doing in the area or using your tool. Um, even with the, the cultural humility pre-brief, the grasped method. So I'm sure would you be interested in hearing from folks as to how that's going with working with those tools? Absolutely. Yeah, it's always fun as a researcher to, yes. to hear what happened. In fact, with the cultural one of the cultural humility tools uh, I developed, the scores were going down consistently uh, mm -hmm. post-intervention. So mm -hmm. from pre to post, they would go down. And then we find, figured out, oh, it's because the students or the learners are realizing they weren't as humble as they thought initially. Yes. And we considered that a good finding. So yeah, it's always yeah. fun to hear people's experiences, results, thoughts, even recommendations for improvement. So we can mm -hmm. come up with a 2.0, 3.0 version. Right. And certainly people can feel free to reach out. Just, you can either Google me, Cynthia Foronda at University of Miami, mm -hmm. um, or I have LinkedIn. So yeah, feel free to reach out and we love to, to share our work. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Veronda, and really excellent work. And we're excited to hear more about where this goes. And you've given us all lots of ideas about where to go with DEI work in nursing education and simulation. So thank you so much for being with us. And thank you for your interest in this topic and all the work you're doing to get this information out to the world. Good job with uh, an excellent and to you personally, Jennifer, for your service. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening today to Let's Talk Sim. Please go to our website, anaxel.org, to learn more about Anaxel, how to get involved in simulation, and gain access to Anaxel's member offerings. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Let's Talk Sim so you don't miss a second of the latest developments in simulation. See you next time. Mm -hmm.